This old-time radio program was originally aired live, long before the advent of high fidelity. As a result, you may detect an occasional surface noise or volume drop due to transmission problems so common to old radio. Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Did you fail to dress up for tonight's show? No tie, an old shirt and slacks, a house dress? Well, don't give it a thought. We're glad you came as you are. We just want you to enjoy yourselves. Well, well, here we are. Shall we play a game? No, but only a dollar ninety-nine buys you at Ponderosa right now. I want my MTV. Avon, the saving place. Oh, gnarly! I quit soccer to play Atari. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s. Very happy to be here today. Uh, I have three very special guests with me. Uh, You may recall these guys. We were all together at the Horror Film Podcast back in October. Uh, Now it's almost summertime, and that means to us in the 80s, blockbuster movies that were released in the summer and there were huge hits i've got with me uh matt moore whoop, whoop. and david martinez howdy and i've got big j hey there everybody <laughs> so, so super happy to have you so uh what we're gonna do uh we're gonna go we compiled this list of the 10 top grossing summertime movies. And we'll talk about them as we go along here. What we did, well, I'll tell you what, we're gonna take a break real quick. We'll come back and we'll get right into our list. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Tuned In Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livingin80s.us and, of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Thanks, and back to the show. And now, on with the show. Welcome back. What we're going to do, we're going to go 10 to 1, like I mentioned. Now, one thing that it's kind of unique to this list for me, we eliminated sequels from the list. Now, we're going to talk about them at the very end, but what we wanted to do is, is because sequels make up like half of the list if I left it as is. So we don't really want to like spend the entire podcast talking about this huge uh, sequel party so uh, we'll talk about them at the end but for right now we are going to go from 10 to 6 today and then next week we're going to finish up and start with number five and go all the way to number one now where 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 does your list come from rob is this this isn't something that people voted on but rather but what's the criteria Okay, thank you for for thank you for that, Matt. So uh, what I did was I I did some some pretty extensive online searches as far as uh, those those summertime movies that were released, what they grossed. I looked at numerous sites, and it's funny because some sites will rank them as far as the IMDb ratings or the Rotten Tomato ratings, but none of them really had the ratings as far as dollars now you can find those in lists but not specifically summertime so i had to i had to go back and and it's funny because some some of the movies i thought were summertime movies or released in the summertime were actually released like 
uh, in the holidays, like at Christmas time or Thanksgiving or whatever. So those are the the two traditionally the two times that the blockbuster movies are targeted by the studios and released. So we had to specify that just for summertime. That's how we got it. Does that make sense? Is that clear? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So right now we are going to uh, start off our countdown with number 10. Number 10. It was a quiet Saturday morning. Professor Wayne Zielinski was hard at work on his new invention. This thing works. It'll put us right up there with the invention of electricity. That didn't quite work. Did you get the machine to work? A few more bucks to get out. Then something quite unexpected happened. Where are the kids? I haven't seen them since I left this morning. It shrunk the kids. Nick, what happened? It works. Diane, I got something real important to tell you. Are you saying that that machine blew, blew up? up my kid? No, oh, no, 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 no. If the machine no. had blown up the kids, there'd be pieces of them everywhere. Wayne. Right, honey? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Number 10 is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. This is starring uh, Rick Moranis and Marcia Strassman, a couple other adults, and four kids. So the synopsis, Jason, why don't you go ahead and take the synopsis of this movie here, tell us what this was about, and then go right into it with your thoughts on the movie and any certain memories you might have. Okay. Uh, the synopsis of the movie basically is about a work-at-home scientist that uh, um, tries to create a shrinking machine. Uh, and the problem that he's having is that uh, the laser that he's using has got way too much power, and it's actually making everything explode instead of shrink. If and, I had a dollar for every time that happens. I mean, it does. Ha- it happens a lot. It's a very it's your common- it's your standard Hollywood trope. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> But uh, so his kids are playing ball and they crack the ball. He works up in his attic, crack the ball through the window and the baseball lands on the machine and it grants just enough resistance to the laser because the laser has to go through the baseball that uh, it actually makes it work. And when the kids go up into the attic to try to find the baseball, they get zapped by the laser and get shrunk unbeknownst to anybody else. So the rest of the movie is them, yeah. their adventure in the backyard, trying to get home and get their dad's attention. Right. And they, they got into obstacles. that. Right. They got into that situation because um, the dad got frustrated because it wasn't working. So he took a ba- uh, ball bat to the machine and yes. started bashing it. And then when he swept up all the debris with a broom and a dustpan, he swept up his kids, put them into a trash bag, took the trash bag out into the back alley and dumped it in the trash can. And that's where the adventure starts because the kids now have to get across the backyard and try to get back to their dad. And so, hey, bring us back. Seeing as how they're all white kids, are they white trash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can all week, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, I I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I actually knew a guy that had, that had auditioned for one of the roles as the teen as one of the teenagers. Oh, wow. And uh, part of it was there was a scene when they're doing the sweeping where they have this big prop broom and the kids have to hold on to the bristles, which are like gigantic pool noodles. And nice. he had to like hold on to it and like swing on it and scream. And he said it was a pretty interesting situation. So cool. He didn't yeah. make it though. No, he cut. didn't make it on the movie. No. Yeah. So, Dave, uh, what are your thoughts of this movie? Well, I think for the time that it came out, it had some pretty awesome effects. You know, this uh, not your typical CGI that you see today, but pretty practical effects, but they still made it look awesome. You know, the big giant auntie made friends with the big ant and yes. the, uh, the giant oatmeal cream pie, the big cookie and just um, awesome effects for that time frame and it's uh, such a classic it's one of my all-time favorites nice. and it's rick moranis you always got to love rick moranis yeah and pretty I think, much any role he's done he's uh he makes it memorable and he made that one memorable yeah, i think I, what, what i liked about it was just the fact that it wasn't cgi i mean like a, a whole bunch of that was just really cheesy props i mean you could you could, yeah. you're watching it going 
oh wow, they made those blades of grass out of you know whatever. And but but you know it's it's in the eighties, so I mean it was it was cool. I mean it was you knew that it, it was real props and real stuff. They were really climbing on stuff. I'm sure there was mm-hmm. some green screen stuff or it might be, but nothing like it. If it remade that today, it would be completely just animation uh, with you know around some real people. But uh, back then it was it was kind of corny but really cool i thought i, I yeah. thought it was great that was pretty neat I, I thought the practical effects actually added to the realism you know even though you right. knew they were fake but it almost had kind of like a willy wonka type yeah, uh, yeah, aspect yeah, to, yeah. It, to where you know it's like wow you're in another world where everything's not what it seems and mm-hmm. it was it, they did a really good job with it i think so too it, it's funny matt you're talking about them if it was made today don't hold your breath because there's probably a sequel to this coming as they run out of original ideas for movies. So I'm sure it would have to be coming. a remake because they've already done a sequel and a directed DVD haunt about it too. They have, haven't they? Yeah. When was the last, most recent one done? Do you know? Uh, I don't know when it while. was done because I know Honey, I Blew Up the Kid was the the theater the, sequel. and then Yeah, where the baby was real big and in Las Vegas and stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You guys haven't heard, have you? No. no. There is a, what the terminology that they're using now, spiritual sequel coming out. It's going to be a, a, it's a direct sequel uh, to the original movie. It's uh, Rick Moranis is returning. What? The, his, his young son is going to be the central character, played this time by Josh Gad. What? Wow. Supposedly, I don't know if it'll be theatrical or if it's going to be a Disney Plus movie, but I don't know. I'm kind of. You heard it here first, America. Breaking news. Breaking news, baby. It's just in. That's right. That's that's awesome. This is the biting commentary you're only finding here on Living in the 80s. Right here. This is it. Yeah, so and this is really interesting because Josh Gad actually was one of the kids in the in the original movie. Was he really? Was yeah. he the little kid with the glasses? I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. only three, four kids, so I guess he would have to be. He would have had to have been the youngest, but actually, uh, there was Rick Moranis, and I forget his wife, and then there was the next door neighbors because it was Rick Moranis's kids and the next door neighbors' two kids. The next door neighbor was Matt Frewer, who was better known as Max Headroom. No kidding. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I did know that. I did know that. This just keeps getting better and better. It sure does. It sure does. <laughs> I watched this movie for the first time in years and years and years, a couple months ago with my granddaughters, and uh, they they were loving it. So me, typically not overly thrilled about watching this kind of movie, was really enjoying watching it with them and watching them watch the movie. And uh, it was, you know, I'm watching the film. I'm, I'm try, I try to put myself in the, in the place of a small child watching this. And it, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was really fun. I, I enjoyed it. Um, you guys can watch it now on, um, uh, on Disney Plus. Yeah, you can watch it on Disney Plus. It's on there. So hopefully that is something that uh, you guys can can check out. So, anything else on Honey I Shrunk the Kids? That, that was a lot more than I thought we was going to get, Rob. Let's be honest. I did. I was. Uh, I was actually trying to look it up and see. Josh Gad is listed as part of the cast, but he's not given a name. But he still keeps popping up every time you look up the cast for the show. Well, you know what? Uh, so he I'm wasn't a lo- little kid, but he was in the movie. Okay. Because and, and then I, I'm, um, look, I'm looking at it too, and I'm not seeing him on the actual movie either. Shrunk is the name of the movie that uh, Dave was talking about is the actual name of it is shrunk okay. uh, honey we shrunk ourselves was the uh was the directed deal. Oh. that was the third one yep and that came out in but apparently josh gad was in that one okay so I'm, I'm looking up josh gad here in imdb and his first stuff doesn't appear to have happened until 2002 maybe there's some so, weird information so out there i guess uh shrunk in the in the new shrunk Josh Gad plays Nick. He plays an older version of the of the youngest kid. Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, now and, uh, that 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 I could see because he kind of has that look. All right, so now uh, we are going to move on to number nine. 
number nine. For Josh Baskin, life was a little unfair until he made a little wish. I wish I were big. 20th Century Fox presents Tom Hanks. Big. I turned into a grown-up, Mom. I made this wish on a machine, and it turned me into a grown-up. Now what? You're only young once. This is important! I'm your best friend. What's more important than that, huh? But for Josh... I miss my family, Susan, and I want to go home. Just might last a lifetime. You'll never forget Tom Hanks in Big. Number nine is Big. It was released June 3rd, 1988. And I failed to mention um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was released on June 23rd, 1989. A year prior, we have Big with Tom Hanks and Elizabeth Perkins. Dave, you want to take it away? Tell us what this movie's all about. Big is a 80s classic. It's necessary for anybody's 80s collection. One of Tom Hanks' best. Starts off this kid named Josh Baskin. He's 13 years old. He uh, is at a fair and he wants to get on this ride, but he ends up being too short. So he's deciding, I want to be big. I want to get on this ride. I just want to be an adult. He finds this uh, fortune teller game machine at the fair, Mm -hmm. puts in the quarter, makes a wish to be big, unbeknownst to him that he doesn't think that it'll really happen. Gets on the ride, enjoys the fair, wakes up the next morning, and he's Tom Hanks, and he's big. Starts uh, just living the adult life, but Starts off as a kid, still acting as himself, as Josh Paskin, but fun movie. Jason, Mm -hmm. what do you think about Big? Uh, Big is a classic. It is a, it's the, it's the male version of 13 going on 30. It's uh, kind of a, what's the, uh, the the switched where the dad becomes the son and the son becomes the dad type show. It's Mm -hmm. a fish out of water. I'm a 13 year old in a 35 year old's body and I don't know how to function in an adult world. And so he kind of, you know, stumbles his way into it and figures it out. A lot of funny classic scenes of awkwardness at, you know, him at parties and um, trying to fit in. And he ends up working for a toy company and because uh, that's in his wheelhouse and mm-hmm. he uh he ends up uh, getting a girlfriend and everything keeps i don't really understand i don't remember do you remember dave what it was that uh triggered the return back to his age was it just like a temporary thing and that was it or he was missing i think he's just really he was enjoying his adult life but then he just started really missing his family so no, he went he back was... to the machine. He went. Oh, yeah. That's right. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. it was it was one of those booths with like the little robotic, you know, uh, guy inside. You put a quarter in and it lights lights up and it spits out a fortune. The yeah. Zoltan Zoltar machine. Yeah. 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 A, a, a creepy kind of creepy point about the uh, movie is he ends up. Uh, hooking up with one of his co-workers at this toy company and um, if, if you if you really think about it uh, she's you know basically sleeping with a 13 year old and uh, there's there's been some <laughs> there's been some controversy about that uh, <laughs> nowadays but uh, still it's you know I mean in the 30- 80s it was okay you know if a 13 year old is going to live on an adult fantasy that's got to be like top of the list you know well you know um last week on the podcast we talked about um songs from the 90s and beyond that sounded like they're from the 80s and stacy's mom kind of fits this little thing here too for him yeah absolutely (laughs) it works it works so uh matt yeah big big well with there was a couple movies with the same premise you said 13 going on 30 there was mm-hmm. another one Jason Bateman did with uh, him and what was do you, you guess? Did you guys see that movie Jason Bateman and uh, they they were peeing in a mall and their peas they're, 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 they cross streams they cross streams 
Yeah, they did. And then they they crossed bodies there. It was kind of, I mean, it seems like it was the same premise, but I think it all goes back to Big. I think that was, you know, they were all, that's their all homage to the movie Big. Because, I mean, it was kind of, you know, the first of it, as far as I know. I mean, is yeah. it? Am I, am I been, was freaky because freaky friday i was gonna say freaky yeah. friday was probably the first to do that back in yeah. the, back in the 60s yeah well and then they re, they remade yeah. that with Lindsay lohan and jamie lee jamie lee curtis yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. and who would know today that jamie lee curtis actually looks younger than Lindsay lohan does today <laughs> yeah. i'm just gonna say it <laughs> I watched a movie this uh, a couple months ago, probably called Seventeen Again, which is the same premise. Um, it was uh, Zac Efron and um, Matthew Perry. It was a pretty good movie. Uh, I enjoyed it. But uh, Big is one that, honestly, I don't know if I've watched all the way through at one time, or if I have, it's been like thirty years, and I don't totally, re- you know, recall all of it. Now, we had a podcast recently where we were talking about it, and I had to go back and watch some clips of it to, be, to familiarize myself. So I kind of get the premise, and I need to actually sit down and watch it because we have the DVD. <laughs> I just have never taken the time to watch it. But uh, it is definitely considered a classic, and it's one of those uh, movies that, you know, when, when you've got, when you're looking at 80s movies, this one has got to be mentioned because it was, I mean, it was super successful. You could uh, see it, it did $151 million at the box office. So that's, it's, and I, I do, and this was Tom Hanks first major motion picture that kind of solidified him as a star moving forward. His roles just became bigger and bigger after this ah. movie big. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Did you did there? That's what I did there. So yeah, because I I think prior to prior to Big, the last movie that Tom Hanks did before that was uh, The Money Pit with Shelley mm-hmm. Long, which yep. is one of my favorites. I, I think that's an absolutely hilarious movie, but it's still mm-hmm. relatively unknown. A lot of people have never seen it or even heard of it. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, that was a that was a, it was a good movie. I liked it. It's one of those rarity that rarely you ever see on the streaming channels, but I've seen it like a couple of times in the past couple of years. That uh, that does it for for big, and now we're going to go have a lot of fun. So uh, that gives us to number eight. Number eight. What is it? It's your new pet. <laughs> number one, you got to keep him out of bright light. <laughs> number two, keep him away from water. It's incredible. And probably the most important thing. Don't ever feed him after midnight. Billy, what are these things? Gremlins. I'll bet every kid in America would like to have one. They might even replace the dog as the family pet. Gremlins. One of the top five Christmas movies of all time. Released on Die Hard. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. released on june 8th 1984 this movie did 153 million dollars starring zach galligan phoebe cates mr girl matt Boyd mm. axton and Corey feldman talk to us why do you love gremlins i know you're chomping at the bit there jason go ahead and run with that one I, i'm, I I'm always chomping at the bit go ahead and take your turn matt it's always chomping at the bit and chewing on the fat that's right. See what oh. I did there? Nice, <laughs> yeah. nice. Uh, basically, at the sale, the dad's a salesman. He's got what's he so like? Uh, and he's an inventor, kind of a thing, right? He makes, he sells these things, inventions, and uh, he comes across this old, uh, like a little Chinese. I don't know how to explain it. Just like a little Chinese shack. Where he, where he comes across this old gremlin, and he's given three rules uh to to raise it which uh let's see don't let it get wet um don't feed it after midnight what, what was the other one you anybody remember what what's the third rule keep no, no. keep it away from keep it away from what from light bright light 
like right? Right? But, yeah. so <clears throat> so the movie's basically just um he gives that gift uh, to his kid for christmas and the, the the shenanigans ensue pretty much because every rule was broken uh from the the being, being thrown into a pool and when they when they get wet they multiply and so it went from one cute little gremlin and then uh, the evil gremlin was uh, the the, the Spike says his name or mm-hmm. yeah, Spike was was he the first one? Is that why he was like the main evil one? Yeah. Where- well, he was he was the the first of the brood. It was like a it's like a pack. Basically, uh, the kid accidentally spilled a glass of water on Gizmo, which was the Mogwai, the main Mogwai, and he multiplied and he popped out like three or four, you know. But they were actual gremlins. They were little Mogwai, looked just like Gizmo. They were cute and fuzzy, fuzzy and cuddly and everything. What they did was Spike, who was the leader, actually cut the uh, cord on the clock and then started talking about how he wanted to eat. And he looked at the clock and he said, oh, OK, well, it's not before midnight. You're fine, which it was well after midnight. So he ate. And that's where you got the reptilian, slimy, evil looking gremlins. This was freakishly scary. Me, me and Grace watched this uh, this past year, and, and I thought, oh, this is cute. Yeah, she'll see an 80s movie with her dad watching <laughs> Gremlins. This is kind of neat. Kind of freaked her out, not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, it was like, she's like, what? What's mm. happening? Yeah, it's, it's a lot <laughs> creepier than I remember. Yeah, it's, so, it's, very, so that- it's very gory and very horror movie-esque. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Now, I don't remember that in the 80s. I, I didn't remember. I don't recall it being that way, but boy, it is. Yeah, Sheesh. yeah. People, people are straight up murdered and and killed. It's... <laughs> by these fuzzy, cute little things. Well, more by the reptilian ones, the the actual yeah, yeah. gremlins. Gremlins. The 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 gremlins are the reptiles after they've eaten after midnight. Those are the evil ones. Mogwai yeah. are the actual cute, fuzzy ones. There you go. There and, you go. Uh, gotcha. So a little a little history about it. It's obviously a Steven Spielberg movie. Uh, mm-hmm. If you guys knew that, Steven Spielberg with his fascination with uh, World War II, because that's where he got into a lot of his when he was doing home movies when he first before he became a director. Um, a gremlin actually was a World War II mechanic, like the guys yeah. who were mechanics who worked on machines and airplanes and stuff. They would always say that there are these little gremlins that would get in there and mess things up like imps or little elves or something and it was a it was a lore that came back over from europe is where the gremlins actually came from and that's why they're so destructive in everything that they do nice. see that the more you know that's good stuff right there <laughs> david let us have it what, what what any specific memories about watching gremlins i mean i know you've seen this because you know you're that guy so it's one of those it's a horror you know necessity for me the big horror nut that I am and uh one of my favorite to watch at Christmas time and (laughs) there might be a reason why it's so scary probably because it's directed by Joe Dante who also directed The Howling werewolf movie of all time the more you know the more you know (laughs) so so did you did you guys uh, like see this in the theater or just later on video or whatever? You know, Rob, I actually remember seeing that in the theater. I must have been. What year did it come out? Uh, 80, 84, I'm sorry. Depending on so this summer movie, I'd have been about four years old because I remember seeing <laughs> that in the theater. I don't remember if I was scared out of my mind or just enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> But I enjoy it now. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I was uh, I was ten when it came out, and I was at the age where um, my parents were not trusting the MPAA ratings too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it was any kind of PG movie, they had to see it first. Um, and so I, uh, I I never saw it until it came out in theaters. <laughs> or it came out on video. Nice. So, yeah, there were there were actually very few movies that I saw in theaters. I had to. I had to watch him when he came on like HBO and somebody would record it on their VCR. And then that's when I would get to watch it. My aunt and uncle were big on that and they had a library of movies. And that's where I saw a lot of my films. Cause I, I couldn't see them in theaters. I wasn't allowed. 
Wow. You talk about when they would just record them off, like they would have HBO, then they would put in a VCR tape and record it off yeah. the set. Yeah, uh, back before I, HBO scrambled it so you couldn't do that. That's pretty cool stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's going way back. So one Have of you guys work. seen the new uh, Mountain Dew commercial with Zach Galligan and Gizmo? No. Uh-uh. Yeah. Mm-mm. I, I've heard of it. Zach Galligan is drinking the new zero sugar Mountain Diet Mountain Dew, and then he which, offered by the way, food. is not that bad. I tried it; it's pretty good. So. <laughs> I would do zero sugar Mountain Dew. I don't know about Coke. <laughs> yeah. uh, he offers some to Gizmo, ends up spilling a little on him, I think. And Zach Galligan is Billy, helps her in the commercial, and then his daughter comes out. <laughs> it's <laughs> like a throwback. Nice. I wonder. I wonder if it's a throwback or if it's a shadow of something to come. You know what I mean? You ah, wonder if, yeah. There is something coming. If you guys want me to tell you a little bit about that, real oh, quick, please do, more. man. That's why people tune in. <laughs> there that, is Dave? a prequel animated series coming to HBO Max. I don't know if you guys subscribe to HBO Max. Yep, yep, and yep, yep. it's called Gremlins Secrets of the Mogwai. And it features a young Mr. Wing, who is the man at the the man at the shop. I mean, he's a little kid in China. And how he discovers the Mogwai and the secrets, their origins. Wait. So so you guys, you guys can't see this, but you know, we're we're on video here. Dave's in uh texas uh jason is just west of us matt's about five miles the other way so i'm sitting here i'm watching uh, dave is ex- explaining about this you know this cartoon prequel thing matt's sitting there looking kind of excited jay is hanging on every word like like <laughs> like, like oh this is gonna happen now <laughs> so, it really so does yeah no, actually, uh, what I was thinking was, I was like, man, that just kind of sounds like a newer rendition of the Smurfs. Um, but, you know, that's... Gargamel so. walks in wielding an axe. Yeah, where <laughs> the Smurfs are the Mogwai and, and the old guy is, Gar- is Gargamel. It's has kind of, no. you know, or maybe even the new trolls, but uh, I th- I'd I watch it. That. I think it'd be fun. But it's it's got to be, it's got to be scary, though. I mean, honestly, you can't do gremlins i mean they did two gremlins movies and both of them it, it, they have to have that horror element i don't know but, but this is the story of the mogwai so this is the the good story this this is the the, the nice story right right david yes sir so oh. yeah maybe maybe from wherever they're from they aren't affected like they are here yeah depends on who's telling the story i guess yeah. Maybe they All followed the, the three rules a little bit better back then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or maybe, maybe that's how they got established. Could be. True. Yeah. We're yeah. just going to have to tune in and see, kids. We're going to have to watch it and see. Yep. You know, the, the, ones, the one scene in, uh, in Gremlins that just always really messed with me was when the, the Phoebe Cates was explaining why she never liked Christmas. Wait, hold on, she, hold on, hold on. Phoebe Cates. You know how cute I always thought you were. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, But she's she's telling this. She's explaining why she doesn't like Christmas, and she tells this story about how Christmas came and went, and her dad was missing, and they didn't know what happened to him, and then there was like the smell coming out of the chimney. They couldn't figure out what it is, and. They sent in a crew and basically her dad had tried to dress up as Santa Claus and go down the chimney and he slipped and snapped his neck and died. And he was stuck in the chimney all through Christmas and was just deteriorating in the, in the chimney until the funk actually got so bad that they discovered him. I mean, th- this is a kid's movie. This is That's PG-30. a rough way to go. That's a rough way to go. <laughs> yeah. As, as deaths go, that's not how we really want to, I mean, want to die. Not that, that, got really, that got really dark really fast. It sure did. <laughs> yeah. it well, sure that's did. the movie. I mean, you know, I can't do anything about it. Uh, that mm. took the turn. That took a turn right there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Rob, yeah. don't try that with your grandkids, man. <laughs> I, I won't, man. <laughs> I certainly won't. All right. So that that's Gremlins. So we're going to move on now to our number seven movie. Number seven. Mommy's going to the beauty parlor, darling. But I'm leaving you with your favorite friend, Roger. He's going to take very, very good care of you. Because if he doesn't, he's going back to the science lab. This is the tale of an up-and-coming movie star named Roger Rabbit. And a down-and-out private detective. Stay out! Named Eddie Valiant. Booga booga! Every moment they were together ah! was a new adventure in trouble. Hi, me, Eddie! Please! It's a motion picture about friendship. You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be? Got a thing for rabbits, huh? The whole thing stinks like yesterday's diapers. It's a comedy a little different from all the rest. Ah! I'm a pig! I'm a tomb. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Touchstone Pictures and Steven Spielberg present a Robert Zemeckis film. We tunes may act idiotic, but we're not stupid. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Number seven, Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out June 22nd, 1988, did $156 million at the box office, starring Bob Hoskins and Christopher Lloyd. A toon-hating detective is a cartoon rabbit's only hope to prove his innocence when he is accused of murder. This movie is crap as far as I'm concerned. I can't stand it, but maybe you guys love it, so please... Talk eloquently about why you love Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Tell us how you really feel first, Rob. I mean, let's just well, not pull no punch. I just never did like it. Like, I appreciate the effects of the movie, like have how they have the you know the live action with the animated and stuff. And there's lots of cool throwbacks to some of the older characters uh, in in Cartoon Land. But as a movie, it, it just I don't know. I just thought it was just silly and waste of time, but. You're, you're, it was you're more silly. geared toward children, so there it is. Yeah. All right. So um, I'm sorry if if you you're not going to be judged if you love this movie. So, <laughs> Jason, or I'm sorry, David, uh, why don't you start talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Because I know you watched this as a kid. I did. It's been many years since I've seen it, but I remember it being one of my favorites. Uh, early to mid elementary school it's uh and it's also it's pretty dark for a good it's not like a major family friendly cartoon kids movie it's got some dark kind of scary elements to it uh chris christopher lloyd's character he plays the judge real creepy guy um but roger rabbit is a he's he's a memorable person when it comes to animated movies character when it comes to uh you know these 80s animated classics and it's enjoyable it's got some good effect and like rob said rob brought up it's got a good throwback to some classic characters betty boo i think you catch a goofy in there mickey mouse all the animated classic characters it's a fun movie it's not for everybody but it is it's dark but it's good (laughs) good What what about you jay you like it I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I think it was, it was a really cool, good story. Uh, there was, there was a, a really a big mystery going on uh, as far as, you know, what was going on and what, what it was about and trying to get to the bottom of it. And of course there's capers and you get to go into Toontown and you get to see what Toontown is all about. And the idea that cartoons are real and the, the rules and the laws of what happens with animated characters and um, what life is like integrating with them. Um, you know, there's a lot of jokes, you know, these movie producers, like the guy, you know, he, he gets dum- Dumbo on loan from Disney and he loves it because he works for Peanuts, you know, and no pun intended. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, yeah, but um, I think this was the first blend of live action and animation since Peach Dragon. And okay. Uh, yeah. I think I think the technology really really advanced well. I mean, even though it's still it, it hasn't aged well, but I think yeah. at the time it was really groundbreaking. Um, 
classic characters. The judge, Christopher Lloyd, was amazing. Uh, Bob Hoskins was really well done, really well. And one of the groundbreaking things about the movie is they actually, for the first time, blended classic Disney and Warner Brothers characters together. Mm-hmm. And uh, you never saw that before because of all kinds of copyrights and protections yeah. and trademarks. And, you know, so it was you haven't seen that kind of blending of multiple uh, feature or multiple uh, icons. Yeah. <laughs> icons or, pro- or properties, if you want to call them that. Um, next time that happened was, uh, I think, Ready Player One and then maybe Ralph Breaks the Internet, where you had a mm-hmm. lot of that crossover stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was it was just it was really really good it had a really good plot and i think it also kind of shows the innocence because it's around i believe it was the 1940s i want to say that the movie was taking place and i, I believe it was it shows it kind of shows the transition of the mentality of of how people are looking at things and how people are how things are changing you know it was like almost a, the end of an innocent era type situation and uh, i think it was really well done and i mean come on um, who didn't have fantasies about Jessica Rabbit? Jessica Rabbit. Uh, me? Absolutely. I didn't. No. no? She's a cartoon. She's Here a cartoon, man. Yeah. It's well, I, mean, I, I understand. You were you were born an 85-year-old man, Rob, so I understand. Um, you were born an 85-year-old man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. So, Matt, did you uh, – have you seen the movie? Did you, did you enjoy yeah, it? I saw it, and, and I, I liked it when i saw it back then i mean i thought uh like he said it may have may not have held up well over the years but at the time it felt very cutting edge i mean because i mm-hmm. i love i love art and cartoons and that kind of stuff so having them merge together with real people i thought oh that's amazing you know, that kind of a thing i was just i was just really enamored with that whole concept mm-hmm. uh, so i i liked it just for that i, I thought that was pretty uh, daggone cool and, and some of the scenes were obviously better than others but uh i i like that uh that whole that whole idea so you know it, it may not you know may look a little more cheesier the older we get but for for when it was loved it liked it a lot cool, Good stuff. cool. yeah like i mentioned earlier i did uh, i did appreciate the the work that was put into the movie and and i did love seeing those those characters kind of you know, kind of cross contaminating the screen together. I don't know what word I'm looking for there. So those parts were good. It's just as a movie, as a plot, I just kind of wasn't feeling it, but you know what? It was a huge movie. Lots of people loved it. Uh, You can catch today on Disney plus if you want to check it out, but uh, yeah, it was, it's definitely worthy uh, for the number seven spot. Uh, It's good. Yeah, that's that's tremendous. So now we're going to go to number six. I'm going to send you up against the best. Yes, sir. You two characters are going to Top Gun. I feel the need. The need for speed. Five weeks you're going to fly against the best fighter pilots in the world. You guys really are cowboys. Instructor at this school, I see 20 new hot shots every eight weeks. I don't like you because you're unsafe. That's right. I am dangerous. The wild card. Flies by the seat of his pants. Yeah, I guess when I see something, I go right after it. It takes a lot more than just fancy flying. Gentlemen, this school is about combat. There are no points for second place. Get it out yet? That's right. Who's the best pilot? No, I think I can figure that one out on my own. Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Top Gun. Now we're talking Top Gun. May 16th, 1986, our lives were changed. Uh, this movie did $179 million, starring Tom Cruise, uh, Anthony Edwards, Kelly McGillis, Val Kilmer, and Meg Ryan. Uh, let me stop going. Synopsis we got here. Uh, students at the United States Navy Elite Fighter Weapons School compete to be the best in class. One daring young pilot learns a few things from a civilian instructor uh, that are not taught in the classroom. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it, it's the it's the whole Top Gun fighter, uh, you know, the fighter class, and uh, I mean, you got uh, Maverick and Goose, um, who who just uh, they're the partners there. Are, are they great flying the plane? Sure, but they're even better on the volleyball court. I mean, that's some of the some like themes. Stay in the volleyball court at that. Yeah, sand volleyball, yes. I mean, some of the iconic scenes of not just the 80s, but just of movies in general come from this this movie. And, uh, oh, I loved it. There's just, there's just so much, so many good things to say. But that, that kind of starts it. What, what, what do you say there, Mr. Dave? What do you got? I can say the one number one thing I can give to Top Gun, other than it being one of the best of the whole decade, probably one of the top best soundtracks higher 80s it's just it's the most 80s movie soundtrack you can listen to it's definitely in the discussion that's for sure yep it's very very good yes i would say it's in the discussion (laughs) very much so very very much so well you know one of the things i love about that soundtrack unlike many others because there's a lot of them like footloose had like a lot of radio hits um you know that whole soundtrack almost almost every song was played on the radio quite frequently uh fast times at ridgemont high had the very similar feel to top gun as far as um associating the movie with the music um and a purple rain was created by prince just to be a vehicle for prince music i know jason loves prince loves him some prince he's, make, he's making faces looks like bluto right now from popeye <laughs> he's just making that face um and uh you know there's you know, several like um you know valley girl those were a lot of songs that we knew already um last american virgin was another great soundtrack but the the thing that um top gun had going forth that i love so much is there's only a couple songs there that you heard like on the radio the rest of them are kind of unique to the movie like you could listen to the soundtrack and enjoy them and think of the movie scenes but you know they weren't on constant rotation on the radio around the clock so now when i go back in here and watching uh, Top Gun, and they're in the volleyball scene, and playing with the boys by Kenny Loggins is playing. That to me is unique to Top Gun. You're not going to hear this on the radio. You're going to hear it on you know the '80s radio stations. Uh, even the instrumentals in it um, were, were very powerful. Uh, so yeah, Dave, I'm with you on. I mean, it's a great, great soundtrack. Um, I still will uh, you know get in the mood and listen to that today. And you know, I gotta I gotta watch this movie every few months or so just because it's so awesome so um anything it's else really you got there dave it's Go really stood the test of time and it's uh it's aged very well mm, along agreed. with its immortal star tom tom cruise yeah yeah think, he's aged pretty well yeah yeah think what you want to about him personally but man i love almost every movie that guy's ever made <laughs> Mm-hmm. So he picks great roles and great characters and you know he's just you know he's a good dude well i don't know if he's a good dude but he's a, he's a good actor um who's excited for top gun maverick coming out this summer i was gonna bring that up yes i'm super excited november 21st no november uh, okay guess yeah, they delayed so, it yeah it was originally going to be this summer which would be perfect because the masks are coming off people are getting back to it i mean nothing better to kick off a the re, you know the re-energizing feel of getting back to the movies again than putting which is, would probably be the top grossing film of the year if they did it and here's the other thing you'd have to go to the theater to see it don't put it on hbo max or paramount or any of these other networks on there make people go to the theater to see it and i guarantee you you know, no matter how they feel about wearing masks or doing whatever, they're going to go out and see this movie. They're going to line up to see it. So, so what, I, what, was, I wish you was I'm sooner. not watching Top Gun 2 on my television. <laughs> Do what? I'm not watching Top Gun 2 on my television. I'm going to the no. theater. I'm, I'm going to see it too. So what, what's what's the premise of the new movie coming out? What, what's the premise? Um, Maverick <laughs> is... Uh, he, he's coming back as... Um, 
After more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Mm. Yeah. So, um, spoiler alert, Anthony Edwards will not be in Top Gun. (laughs) Too soon, Rob. Too soon. Too soon. (laughs) But you know who will? Jennifer Conley will be in it, as will Val Kilmer, John Hamm, Miles Teller. I think he's going to play like the Tom Cruise type cocky character that that uh, Maverick has to put in his place. He plays Bradley Rooster Bradshaw. So Maverick and Rooster are going to go face to face, I feel. And um, Rooster got against Birds. Fun. I don't know. I don't know. What's what what about Kelly McGillis? Uh, I, I don't think she's going to be in here. Or Meg um, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, she should be there. She, her, and Maverick should have got married afterwards after he felt out that Kelly McGillis wasn't as hot as she was back then. Oh, she is, she's gone downhill, and she uh, has, and yeah, you know, it hit a lot of rocks on the way down. She has, <laughs> and you know what? You kind of feel, you know, hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast. I'd say the the <laughs> odds uh, odds of her listening to this podcast are really really high. Um, but you know, you, you kind of feel bad because she she was super cute back then. Uh, I remember her in Witness with Harrison Ford. I mean, she still kind of looked the same. Very pretty girl. I don't know if it was a health problem uh, that she, it made her kind of look. She aged a lot. Like she does, mm-hmm. you know, she she did not age as good as Tom Cruise did. So no, I don't. I don't think uh, Tom Cruise has aged. I think he's. I think he's made some kind of deal with the Scientology guys. And I uh, think he has. <laughs> yeah. He's, I don't know. He's, you, you know, he's kind sacrificing of, you, goats or something. I it's, think so. I, yeah. I also, I think he has, um, he has probably had a little work done because you look at him. It's not like John Travolta level work done, but you can just kind of see a little bit where maybe he's, you know, maybe had some work done around the eyes a little bit and, and so huh. forth. But, but, Whoever his plastic surgeon is, is kind of like maybe the same, like him and Elizabeth Shue may have the same plastic surgeon. Cause you can tell a little bit yeah. that she's had a little bit of work done, but she still looks gorgeous. So, so whatever happened there, I know a lot of celebrities uh, choose the freakishly love that Joker route. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Tom Jason, you, you've, you've been work done as long as he doesn't go the Mickey Rourke routes. Oh my go. gosh. Mickey Rourke can't even. They can't even change his face. Like (laughs) when he was in Iron Man, uh, I was just looking that going, holy crap. Because I mean, I saw him in, I saw him in the wrestler and he looked bad and then like even worse in Iron Man, like maybe he'd gotten even more work done. I don't know, but did, did did not, did not look so good. I don't think that was work on Mickey Rourke. I think that was just drugs and alcohol that could very well could be yeah <laughs> very well um, so jason you've been kind of uh you've kind of let us jabber on here about top gun uh what are your yeah, thoughts I, I know you love this movie not not my favorite not my really favorite. i figured yeah. you probably would you're you're I, a true I, American. I thought you'd like it i i enjoy it i think it was a fun movie um but uh i think my problem was um inundation uh, because i was uh, you know again still wasn't allowed to go see it in the theater so i was behind the curve on you know everybody's pouring into it and everybody's watching it and seeing it and guys start walking around with you know the leather jackets with the patches and i remember in the eighth grade this guy was doing a report on on aerodynamics or something like that and he brought in an f-15 and was using it you know as an example and quoting scenes from the movie and it was just Everybody was doing nothing but talking about it and living it and quoting it. And I hadn't seen it. So I was just like, nah, you know, and then when I saw it, I was like, okay, yeah, that was, it was a good movie, but I I don't think it was all that. Jealousy is jealousy is not pretty on you at all, Jason. You do not. (laughs) It's not, it's not jealousy. It's not jealousy. I, uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, I do, I do enjoy adventure movies like very much so, you know, but um i don't know it's it was good it was good uh, did i ever tell you guys about the time i met val kilmer yes comic-con <laughs> yeah i know it's yeah, thanks that's that's a that's a running joke on my podcast anytime <laughs> you know it's always like oh did i tell you when i met val kilmer you know 
but um, well, I was talking with Val the other day. And... Yeah, yeah, and uh, I tell you what, I after I saw him, I'm glad to hear that he's going to be in the show and that he's making the the sequel and that he's making a good recovery because he yeah. was he was hard, he was hard. Yes. He was speaking of Kelly McGillis. Um, I I really yeah. hope that Val Kilmer doesn't look like the version we've seen lately. He kind of maybe went to Mark Hamill's trainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. into some kind of shape that's not you know yeah. the way he was. He was well. He had a he had throat cancer and yeah, he almost he, died. He came close to he dying. Was, yeah, yeah. He uh, I mean he when we saw him he was looking so rough that when we left out of the booth, uh, my wife actually started crying because she felt so bad for him. Wow, that's yeah. that's too bad. So hopefully, you know what? I hope that he's back to normal health or better health and, and that he kind of starts getting these major roles again. Cause he's a tremendous actor. Oh, he's um, great. even, even, you know, they've always hammered him as Batman. I thought he did a good Bruce Wayne and a good Batman. Uh, you know, not the I, best, uh, but I think he was the, better than he gets he credit was, for. Yeah. I think he was the best Bruce Wayne, like not Batman, but I think he was, he was probably the best Bruce Wayne. You know what? You, you, you could be onto something there. He did have that, millionaire playboy kind of air about him the way he carried himself but you could you could easily see him as batman because in when he played it there was a time when nicole kidman was screaming and the door mm -hmm. was locked and he was bruce wayne but he went into full batman mode and like ripped the door off of the hinges to get in her to save her to find out what was going on and i think he did a fantastic job of being bruce wayne but in a second whether i'm in a suit or i'm in leather i can be batman and yeah yeah well which which is another thing like i think it was when i was guest on your podcast time or two ago and uh, we were talking about batman and you were talking about how great a job ben affleck did Mm -hmm. and and i thought he i thought he did a good job but then the, the more I go back and watch the films he's been in as Bruce Wayne and Batman, he really is a great Batman. He um, is. He's, I mean, he just, again, he has that air about him too. I think maybe because he's super rich in real life, it's really easy for him to, yeah. have to do a whole lot of acting and be this rich guy. Good stuff. Good stuff. But so you're not the biggest Top Gun fan and that's okay. Um, I enjoyed it. I will go see as Maverick long as you give me a the pass theaters. on Roger Rabbit. We're okay. Yeah, no, I uh, <laughs> I'll go see Maverick in the theaters because I'm excited about it. I mean, I I'm I, I I did enjoy it for what it was. I just wasn't obsessed with it. I, I'm not gonna go you know crazy about it. You know, or say, oh my god, it was the best movie ever, and be mad that it's only number six. You know, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be excited to go see it, and um, you know, it's. I don't get as excited to see movies as lately. Like the last one I got super excited about was the last Avengers movie, but I am, I'm excited. I'm really excited for this one. So just looking forward to it. Um, Again, it's the thing I like about it is some of the old characters will be back. So kind of get a little bit of that eighties nostalgia thrown in with this new movie. So it should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about bad theater experiences. The last two movies I saw in the theaters was, uh, Last three movies I saw in the theater was uh, Gretel and Hansel, uh, okay. Wonder Woman 1984, and Kong versus Godzilla. So I'm three for O, or O for three. O for on, three. So uh, yeah, a, I thought sports, uh, Jason. It's that's why I messed it up. Three. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm batting a million, but I don't even think that was right. So yeah. No, that that wouldn't be. So I, um, yeah, Jason, I'm with you. I, I didn't see the the Gretel and Hansel thing. It just looks stupid to me. But I did see Wonder Woman 84 and I did see Kong versus Godzilla. But luckily I got to watch them on TV. So uh, I had heard how bad Wonder Woman 84 was. So I came in with super low expectations and I wasn't I disappointed. It, it was okay. It was I okay. It. Yeah, is what it was. Um, you know, would am I glad I didn't go and spend 10 bucks in a theater? You betcha. But to sit and watch it at home, uh, I could you know, pause it and go get a snack, come back, and not really feel like I've missed anything. So mm-hmm. it's all good. It's all good. You could have left it um, playing and gone and got a snack and not missed anything. You know, there are several there are several times in that movie that could have happened, and that movie could have been shrunk down by about 45 minutes and probably been a lot better. Easily. So. 
yeah. The, the, yeah. the fight scenes were really good, but yeah, beyond that. Now, Kong versus Godzilla, I had heard how good that was. And I I was watching, like, I'm about to turn it off and change a channel or something because I can't endure this. Like, I used to watch the Godzilla movies when I was a kid. You know, they'd show them late at night, the stuff from the 60s and stuff. So, uh, you know, growing up on those, you know, Godzilla did look like a big rubber glob of whatever and you know it was what it was but it's just uh i just yeah i couldn't and i didn't hear the godzilla sound effect in that movie every movie's had that sound effect at least once i didn't hear it here so i was disappointed i kept waiting for it yeah all right anything else on top gun all right so that does it for our uh number 10 through 6 so uh we are going to Make this our cutoff point. We are going to come back next week and we're going to talk about our top five. So be sure to join us. And on our way out, uh, we're going to have a little Top Gun music for you. So uh, there it is. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next time. God bless. Take care. Goodbye. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.